Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for joining and listening today. As always, I am Tyler, and I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, it's so good to see you. Hey, Tyler. Good to see you as well. And we're here for another episode. It's so exciting. We are. Yeah. It is. And we got Andy as well. Andy, you doing good? I'm good. I thought you were gonna forget me there for a second. Oh. No, well, I, I thought, thought maybe got, me and Jamie we would just go on really with the show. Happy to see I know one you like and... you started talking, and then I was like, all oh, right. yeah, Andy's here. That's you, all right. But you look like you're doing That's well cool. as well. I'm doing well. I am. Yeah. I am doing well. Yeah. I uh, love this time of year. I'm waiting for North Carolina to figure out what exactly um, weather we're going to have because right. this is November and uh, it's a beautiful time of year. I don't think even North Carolina knows. Yeah. 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 Let's see. We, we kind of always have that though, right? This time mm-hmm. of year? Yep. Last week I wore shorts and a t-shirt one day and then I had jeans and a long sleeve shirt on one day yeah. and then a ton of rain gear yeah. <laughs> yeah. the other day. And so who knows what's going to happen, but I am so glad to be here. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners. We love our listeners, don't we? We love our we listeners. Love our we listeners. do. Thank you so much thank for taking you. time on the Saturday at noon to listen. And I do hope that this will be a great little time with us and whatever yeah. you're doing. And, you know, a lot of people listening right now, maybe you're getting ready for that big Thanksgiving meal coming up. I know. Right. I'm excited about it. So Thanksgiving's yes. coming up this Thursday. Tyler, what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving Ooh. dinner? Uh, oh, a Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving dinner. dinner. Um, so I know you're going to say it's the Cowboys. On it's probably the uh, <laughs> probably the stuffing and gravy. Stuff- I love a now, good stuffing. Mm. Do you like the stuffing that's in the turkey or the, it's cooked Mm-mm. separate? It's cooked separate. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. I'm, I'm all about the stuffing in the turkey. I don't know that I've ever had stuffing oh, in when a turkey, it's, when it's cooked in the turkey. Yep. Yeah, yep. so I don't yep. think I've ever actually had that. Yeah, it's good that stuff. Thought, what about you? What about you, Jamie? What's that your thought terrifies no, me. No, it's so wonderful. <laughs> it's so I wonderful. know you. I've heard you say you like that before. Mine is mashed potatoes. Mashed I've potatoes. Always been. Yeah. Big fan. Big, Mine big is fan. prime rib. I know. Uh, yeah, you right. do something different. We do. Yeah. I don't know how many listeners right now. I wonder if any listeners right now are like my family, where we do not do turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. We do prime rib. Yeah. And here's here's a quick 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 story why. A couple years ago, my wife and I were like, ah, oh, we were com- kind of complaining about, yeah. oh, we got to get up early and make the turkey and da da da. Yeah. And I stopped her for a second. I said, Stacy, we're adults. <laughs> we're grown. We're grown human beings. Uh, why are we eating turkey if nobody likes turkey? And we we just went, like, we don't know. I'm like, well, what? Why don't we do prime rib? All right. So that's what happened. Let me tell you that's what. how the legend began. If, that's yeah. how the legend began. If I, if my husband ever said that to me, uh, no, uh, because and we're not what, huge that you're turkey both adults, fans either. That you're both adults? No, but oh, the okay. but the throw out the tradition. No, because tradition. I don't like turkey either. But I like to break tradition. Have to have a turkey. On <laughs> I, I made my own tradition. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you sure did. So prime ribs going yep. in the oven. It's gonna be good. But truly, welcome to everybody listening right now. So I want to talk a little bit about hope for today and joy for tomorrow. Mm. I think that is something that we so desperately need. And recently I preached a sermon about that. And we've been reading through the Bible. Transformation yeah. 2020 is still yeah. happening. Only about a month and a couple weeks yeah. away from 2021. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think there's nervous anticipation, don't you? I've ne- I've said this before. I've never been more excited for a New Year's <laughs> Eve celebration. That's Say funny. Say goodbye to this year. I, I bet you there's a lot of people that are going to be mm-hmm. like, 
bring on the new year. Yeah. Let's yeah. bring it. I'm yeah. hoping the new year <laughs> will actually bring something new. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I know. I'm hopeful. But isn't that something? There's no that's, reason for anything to change. Yeah, it's literally yeah. just a day. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just a day. You just wake up the day. But there's yeah. something... I don't know, psychological. Something symbolic. Yeah. Something symbolic. And, yeah. A, lot of, yeah. a lot of symbolic, spiritual, fresh beginnings on yeah. January 1st. I can't wait to get know? my yeah. gym membership on January 1st <laughs> and then cancel <laughs> it at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're still not paying for one right now? <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say, <laughs> if you cancel it by the end of the month, you're ahead because yeah, usually they get you funny. by... You're just paying for it That's forever. True. That's really funny. <laughs> that is. All right. So, and Christmas is coming around the corner, yes. which we're excited about Christmas and everything, Thanksgiving and this whole time of year. Yeah. So, hope for today, joy for tomorrow. We've been in this year of transformation, transformation 2020, reading through the Bibles together. And this uh, recently, I preached out of John chapter one, which gives a lot of good doctrine theology on the deity of Jesus, which is always wonderful to hear that he was in the beginning, he was the word, the word was with God. The word was God uh, with him. Nothing was created through him. All things were created. You know that all that picture of who Jesus is. But as you read through John chapter one and really the whole chapter, you realize how much hope we really have and how much joy we can actually have because of who Christ is. So I'm actually really looking forward to you hearing uh, part of this message this Sunday. Yeah, me too. Um, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then let's jump right into hearing that message. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question: Are you running the business, or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name is Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net. So what John is doing in his writing is that he's using unique passages, unique stories, unique illustrations, unique healings to show how Jesus is tied to the deity, how Jesus is God in flesh walking among us. The key verb that is found in the book of John, which is so key for us today, is the word believe. And it really puts against faith versus unbelief. And today, it really is going to require, I think, it's going to require us to have a lot of faith. Uh, Again, not faith in ourselves, not faith in what's happening around us, certainly not faith in the world around us. But what would happen in our life if you and I found faith and belief in the person of Jesus? And as John writes and unfolds it, he really does give us hope and he gives us joy. And you're going to hear that a lot this morning. And so as we jump into it, I want to talk about four ways, four ways that you and I can have hope and joy. And I really do have been praying for you. Because I know, listen, right now, I know as we look around what's happening, there's a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of people that are unsettled right now. And some people are unsettled, but they're unsettled in a very positive way, very hopeful way. And there's a lot of people that are unsettled in a very hurtful way, very, very negative way, very anxious way. And this country is extremely divided right now. And I really do think that in the middle of all this, and I've been praying this for me, for my family. Listen, we've been having conversations every day all the time with my 21-year-old, my 16-year-old, with my wife and I, about just what's happening around us. And be able to have those moments where we, we can talk about what's going on, we can even have our differences within our own family, and still bring it back centered to who Jesus is. And that's the centeredness of it, that's the hope of it, that's, the, that's where joy is actually found. And so today, I hope that you will feel that and experience that. And again, I hope today that you'll be able to walk out of here despite what you came in here with. 
despite who you came in here with on voting, despite who you came in here with in your own personal life, because on top of all the world stuff going on, we all have our own stuff. We got our own things that we're dealing with and we're navigating through and, and that today that we can have hope and we can have joy. So the first one is this. Number one is this. Write this down. I think this is so powerful. I'm going to spend just a little bit of time here before we get into John chapter one. The reason why, the first reason why I really believe that you and I can have hope and that we can have joy is simply found in this fact, that Jesus sees you, that he knows you, and that he stops for you. Let that just settle in for just a moment. How can you and I have hope and joy in the reality that Jesus knows you, that he sees you, and that he's willing to stop for you? As I was reading through John, and I was reading, and like all, a lot of us here, we're reading kind of ahead so we know what's coming and where we want to land. And, and I, was, I was reading and rereading through the book of John. One of the things that has stuck out to me immensely that has just so incredibly filled me with hope and filled me with joy over the last couple of weeks is how many times I saw Jesus stop for one person. And just think about this in the Gospels. You know, we got four Gospels. Just think about how many times in the Gospels, and just, just for imagine, think about that. How often did Jesus walk and he's with crowds and there's people all around him and there's people pressing in and there's massive crowds everywhere. And it's rarely that Jesus is alone. In fact, Jesus has to fight to be alone. He has to willingly go away, almost hide to be alone because there's always people around him. And there's people pressing in. There's people trying to grab a hold of him. There's people trying to capture him. They're trying to kill him. There's all these things going on. And how often do we see Jesus in the middle of that crowd notice and stop for one person? Read your Gospels. Read it with that lens and you will be completely amazed and hopeful and hopefully filled with joy at how many times Jesus stopped for somebody that everybody else wrote off. That Jesus stopped for the blind person on the side of the road that was yelling out his name to have mercy and everybody else is telling him to be quiet and he's yelling louder and Jesus stops. That Jesus stops for that one woman that was a Samaritan that had nothing to do with anything he was doing but he stops for that one person. In scripture, I can think of time and time again of, of the woman that had this physical ailment, this physical issue that was pressing through the crowd so much so that she gets up just to grab a hold of Jesus and he stops. And how many times he stops, even in the book of John, as you read it, he stops for a guy who's at the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda and he stops there because he can't get into the water and, and he spends time and he heals him. Just think about that for a moment. Because I don't know who Jesus is to you, I really don't. But one of the most hopeful things to me that consistently gives me joy is remembering the moment that he stopped for me when I was 16. Knowing that in this world that there are billions of people on this planet. And there's chaos all around. And there's so much need everywhere. And there's all these things happening. Let's not forget that Jesus knows you. And scripture says that he knows not just your name, not just about you. He knows every hair on your head that he created you, that he formed you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life because he knows you and he sees you. And how often is he willing just to stop with you? Just to spend time. Just to heal where healing needs to happen. Just to deliver where deliverance needs to happen. Several times in the Gospels, he stops for a parent who is heartbroken because their kid is sick or dying. And Jesus stops and notices the parent's hurt. 
He stops and notices women that are crying because their brother is dead, and he weeps with them. So I think sometimes if we're not careful, in the middle of all this chaos in the world around us, we, we have a tension to put God further and further away. And I'm just here to bring you some good news of hope and joy that he doesn't want to get pushed further and further away. He wants to get closer and closer. He wants to get closer and closer to you, to your situation, to what you're going through in life, to your ups and your downs in life. So one of the greatest things that we can take hope with and joy in is that he sees you, he knows you, and he stops for you. The second one is this, number two, and we're going to jump into John chapter one here. The second point that I think is going to bring hope and joy to all of us this morning is a reminder that we can have hope today, joy tomorrow, because we serve a Jesus who is in and through all things, that Jesus has done all things, that he has created all things, that Jesus is in all things. In John chapter 1, one of the things that I love about John 1, uh, why I kept coming, coming, coming back to that first chapter was the beautiful picture, the theology that's woven inside of this, but also the picture and the reality of who Jesus is. So let's go ahead and start reading in John chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles and devices, look there with me. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, actually paints this picture of who Jesus really is. It goes like this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's just stop there for a moment. That one sentence is absolutely amazing when it comes to who Jesus is, part of the Trinity, part of the Godhead, that in the beginning, before all things happened, Jesus was there. And he wasn't just there, but he was also God. He is part of that Godhead Trinity. That this Jesus that is so willing to stop for you and know you, this, this way maker that we just sang about, this healing God, this worker, that he was also the one that actually created all things as well. And as we continue to read it, it says that he was in the beginning with God. And all things, listen to that, all things, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing that was made has been made. Just those first three verses in the first part of chapter one of John spells out the very theme of deity and the very theme of who Jesus is in scripture. And so why do we take hope and joy in that? I think the hope and the joy comes in knowing that the creator of the universe allows me to call him my friend. Let's not lose sight of the reality of that, church, that, that Jesus has actually called us his friend. That this Jesus that knows us and walks with us and wants to be with us, that, that sees us, that is here with us, that he's also the same Jesus that literally spoke the words, let there be light, and there was light. That he created the universe he creates everything that we see, including you and the person next to you. And this Jesus that did all of that wants to be your friend. It's a pretty amazing friend, isn't it? It's a pretty powerful friend. And I think sometimes, again, if we're not careful, we take this God that can do all things, that this God that can literally do the impossible, this God that can make something beautiful out of absolutely nothing, not even in existence, and sometimes we take that, that God that is that powerful and we make him our size and we lose sight. And when we do that, we don't, we don't have hope or joy in a God that is just like us, our size. The hope and the joy that we have is that this is the King of Kings, that this is the Lord of Lords, that this is the Jesus that was in the very beginning of time, 
that is here with us this morning that can do and create all things in us and through us, that this is who we serve. That hope and that joy comes out of knowing that from the very beginning of creation, when there was nothing, in every moment up to this moment right now, that there has been Jesus. And tie it back the Jesus that actually knows you and is in love with you. The Jesus that went to the cross just for you, just like he did just for me. The hope and the joy is found in the victory that lives there. And knowing that this all-powerful God that sent his son Jesus to the cross, that had enough power to raise him from the dead, that this same God, this same Jesus, the same deity is the same one that wants to be our friend and be right next to us to sit closer than a brother from the very beginning of time until this moment right now. And here's also what that means. I I always take extreme hope and comfort in this, even in the times when things are rough, because let's face it, right now, uh, you know, it's pretty tense out there right now. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of things that you're navigating and that I'm navigating, not just on a personal level with our own families, but with neighbors, with friends, with classmates, coworkers. I mean, it just does it not seem like there's just conversation after conversation after conversation, just constant conversation about everything that's going on in the world around us? And so the hope and the comfort is, is in this. And listen, I hope, you, I hope you grab a hold of this. If that Jesus is God, who he is, and Jesus is who he says he is, and he is the creator of all things, and he was with God in the very beginning, and he's with us now, then guess what also that means? It means that he's actually also in my tomorrow. Do you ever think about that? That Jesus is actually in my tomorrow? That he already kind of knows what's happening? In other words, God's not surprised by anything that happened this last week. Aren't you grateful for that? You might have been surprised one way or the other. You might be sitting there going, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know who's going to tweet what today. I don't know what's going to go on tomorrow or next week or a month from now. But the hope and the joy that I have is knowing that God does. Like God actually knows what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and beyond. And so where's my hope and joy in that? Well, if I actually believe that he's in my tomorrow, then what do you think that does to me today? Like in my life, as I think about how Jesus is already walking ahead of me. And scripture says that he's already ahead of us. That if he's already walking ahead of me and he already knows what's ahead of me, then can I not trust the most powerful being in all the universe that created the heavens and the earth? Can I not trust the person that knows my name and knows everything about me? Can I not trust that he's actually going to be in my tomorrow? Which means that today, guess what? I don't got to worry about tomorrow. I really don't. And I can honestly tell you that this last week, this last month, over this, over this last year of everything going on, that I have found so much hope and honestly so much joy, even in the middle of moments of discouragement, because we all have them, that you have those discouraging moments and you kind of feel that discouragement rise up. You might feel that stress rise up. Maybe you feel that panic rise up. You feel that worry rise up, which happens. But then you get back to center and you realize, I actually don't got to worry about tomorrow. In fact, the scripture says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough problems. Worry about today. There's enough problems today. I mean, there's just problems everywhere. And so if Jesus is in my tomorrow, then today 
I can take comfort in that. It doesn't mean I don't plan. It doesn't mean I don't prepare. It doesn't mean I don't still have life. But, wow, I'd much rather choose to have joy today than stress. I'd much rather choose to have hope in the God of the universe that knows my name and knows everything about me and is willing to be here with me than to put my trust in some person. And by the way, whoever, whoever ends up getting in, they don't know your name. They don't know what you're going through in life. Too many people have put our trust in a position. We put our trust in our finances or in our job. All that stuff's going away someday. Well, there's one person that knows your name. There's one person that knows you, that knows everything about you, and loves you anyways, and can absolutely give you hope. So I just want to encourage you, if you're, if you're here today and you're struggling with hope, and you're struggling with having joy, then take comfort in knowing that God's in control still. That God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And so because he knows what's happening tomorrow, it means we've got to trust him and have joy today. It doesn't mean tomorrow is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that the next couple weeks aren't going to be easy. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hardships in life. But what it does mean, it means that this God that can create all things, this God that is this all-powerful being, that is closer than a brother, closer than a friend, that he also has victory for whatever I'm going to walk in tomorrow. So the joy is not me thinking naively that there's not going to be any pain tomorrow, there's not going to be any sorrow tomorrow, or that there's not going to be any hardships tomorrow. The joy actually comes in knowing that Jesus is in all of those things. Which is the third point. Number three, write this down. Third one is this. Is that you and I, that we can have hope today and we can have joy tomorrow in understanding the reality that Jesus is the light and the life of all men. The hope that we have today and the joy for tomorrow is knowing that Jesus himself is light and life. My light, my life, my hope doesn't have to come from anybody outside of who Jesus is. So that's a dual coin. There's two sides of that. One side is that that's who Jesus is, but then there's a other side of that is that's who we have to be to the world around us. And so this is one of those points where we take hope and joy in knowing that Jesus himself has got the light and life that I need. But then there's a responsibility on that same other side of that. And so let's continue reading in John chapter 1, starting verse 4. In John 1 verse 4, it says, in him was life, this is Jesus, and the life was the light of men. I, I love how that's worded. The light shines in the darkness, and then listen to this, and the darkness has not overcome it. That there is nothing so dark that the light and the life of Jesus can't penetrate through that. John, the writer, now starts to speak of John the Baptist, who's not the writer of John, it's a different John. When he says it this way, he says, there was a man sent from God, his name was John, we talked about him a few weeks ago. And he came to witness and to bear witness. This is what John came to bear witness to about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. John the Baptist was not the light. Neither are you. And we ourselves are not the light. But it says that he came to bear witness about the light, the true light. And I love how that's worded, the true light. There's a lot of imitation out there. There's a lot of fake out there. There's a lot of fake hope. There's a lot of fake light. There's a lot of things that, that try to pull and draw our attention, but there's this one true light that we find hope and life in. It goes on and continues, says, which gives light to everyone. Everyone that was coming into the world. See, the, the reality of the hope in that is that that's the hope for all mankind. That, those verses that we just read, that's not just the hope for you and for me. It's the hope for all mankind. 
To know that as this world is going to get darker and darker, which it's getting, as this world is going to get more and more evil and, and the morality is going to go down further and further, which it's going to do, that even in the middle of all this, could not our heart and our prayer be for Jesus to shine brighter? And what, a, what a time right now for us as the church to shine brightly in a world that needs it. As we look at what's unfolding around us, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of unknown, there's a lot of fear. And what an incredible opportunity for you and for me because here's the weight of that now. The weight of it now is this, is that Jesus self-identifies himself as the light of the world. But then also in the Gospels, he turns to his followers, which are me and you, and he commands us to now go and bear that light. So the burden that you and I carry is to take that light to take that life that Jesus so freely gave you, that grace that he freely gave you, that mercy that he freely gave you and me, and to take that into a world that so desperately needs hope and joy right now today. Because as this world gets darker, I'm believing and choosing to believe that Jesus' light is gonna get brighter. That this is now the time for you and I as the church to actually turn to our neighbors who maybe they voted differently than you did. Maybe they had a different yard sign in the front of their yard than you had. To turn to them and say, hey, despite all of that, there's hope and there's life beyond that. That there's something bigger at stake here, church, than just an election. And I know it's a big thing. And I know there's a lot of ramifications. I, I get that. But there's bigger things out there. Like the person's soul and the impact that you and I can have. That as this world dives deeper into fear and deeper into anxiousness and worry, that could this not be a time for us to actually bring that life and purpose of Jesus, which brings us to the fourth and final point, which I think is, is just, it brings it all together. The fourth and final way that you and I have hope today and joy for tomorrow is knowing and understanding that Jesus offers eternal hope and eternal joy. Thank you so much for joining and listening to our program today. Join us this Christmas at Crossroads Fellowship for a season filled with love, hope, joy, and peace. There is something for everybody, including Advent kits for kids and families beginning November 29th, the Crossroads Christmas special on December 20th through 22nd, and our Christmas Eve candlelit services on December 23rd and 24th. Find more information at crossroads.org slash Christmas and have a happy Thanksgiving. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.